Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Okay, we are back. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for tuning in. Love you guys. Your support's fantastic. Um, I want to give a shout out to our amazing sponsors, Siegfried and Jensen, Wasatch Recovery, Living Recovery Interventions, Threadwallets. We just landed Threadwallets. I'm so excited for that. And Veracity Networks. And uh, thank you for supporting me. The music that you heard at the beginning of this podcast and at the end is by my good friend, Paul Cardall. He's an award-winning pianist. He has 25 million active listeners every month. And he's, he's, been, he's one of my heroes, honestly. But thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, I just blows my mind of these amazing people that I bring on here that are willing to come on and be vulnerable. And today's going to be no different today. We are joined with and by Lacey Swenson. Lacey, thanks for joining us. I'm so excited. Yeah, so good to be here with you. Um, Lacey uh, is married to AJ. Uh, she's got three girls and then one was surrogacy. Surrogacy? Mm-hmm. Surrogacy, yeah. I, it's a tongue twister for it, it me is. for some reason. It is, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, you know, you were a mom who was once a foster kid turned adoptee. Uh, you, you, you live off a diet, Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Um, you're a certified personal trainer. You're a mental health advocate and a mentor. Um, you're, you try to help people just become the new you. Mm -hmm. Um, you're also an ambassador. Is it, how do you say it? Zaya. Zaya. Yeah. For, as an activewear ambassador Mm -hmm. and dealer. Um, just basically hooking you up, uh, one sports bra at a time. (laughs) I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, and basically you're just here to help people, uh, through their own stumbles and triumphs because you've been through your own stumbles and triumphs and um, you're very energetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I was just telling uh, Lacey before we went uh, live, I just love your vulnerability. You're, you're you know, I, I discovered you honestly on Instagram mm-hmm. and when I heard your story and read your story, I was like, who is this woman? Um, I, I'm just really impressed with how vulnerable you are and then, People aren't going to believe what you've been through when they hear your story. You. It's going to be mind blowing. But I want to share. You just posted mm-hmm. for the month of May. Um, the month of May is Foster Care Month, Correct. and you did one of the most beautiful posts I think I've ever read. Do oh, you I'm mind sh- if I share that? Yeah, no, just to kick do. this off. Thank you. So here's what you said. May is National Foster Care Month. Couldn't let it go by without telling a little of my story. My foster care story is a little different than most. When I was 10, I was living with a family member. I was being sexually abused by someone close to the family member. I built up the courage and told her what was happening. She didn't believe me. It stopped for a minute. I gained hope it was over, not realizing that he was just biding time, grooming me in the meantime, trying to gain my trust again. I had started dressing like a boy a few years earlier, hoping that maybe if I looked different, this world would stop happening to me. I couldn't figure out why I was back in this situation over and over. My brain told me it was my fault, which meant you didn't speak up uh, about it anymore. I met a friend. She was really a good friend, sweet and very kind to me. After a while, I got the courage to tell her what was happening. 
Her family was always so nice to me, and they were different than any other family I was used to seeing. I didn't know why. I told her not to tell because I didn't want to get into trouble again. She didn't listen, and I'll forever be grateful because I didn't have to go back to that nightmare again. They stepped in when when they were supposed to, sorry, they stepped in when those who were supposed to protect me had failed me in every possible way. My friend, who is now my sister, spoke up on my behalf. And because of that, she significantly altered my trajectory of my life forever. Because of her, generations were changed. As foster parents, we are asked not only to care for the basic needs of a child, but also to sit alongside of them as they discuss the hurt and the damage that they have undeservingly experienced. Forever grateful for it all. I'm not a victim, but a survivor. What a beautiful post. And more importantly, what a just a beautiful uh, thing that you sh- you're willing to share that with us. So thank you, Lacey, for being yeah, here. Thank you. <laughs> what a way to start this <laughs> right. off, right? So why don't we start? I mean, we're going to get into all this. Sure. Why don't we just start? Tell us about your child, because obviously you went mm-hmm. through some really tough things. But talk about how you were as a child and okay. kind of go from there. Okay. Um. <laughs> And I'll try and, and make this as short and sweet as possible because I tend to be long-winded. <laughs> but okay. um, So I grew up in a very abusive environment. My mom was 15 when she had me, bless her heart. Mm, wow. And my grandma was 15 when she had her. Mm-hmm. And it was just this, just a generational issue that was happening. Anyway, and my biological dad was in and out of the picture. And right. my mom ended up getting married to my stepdad when I was young. And they had three more children. But they were very heavily involved in drugs. Um, we were very neglected. My mo- my parents, uh, my mom, sorry, my mom was abusive. Okay. And I was the oldest of four. I had three younger siblings, and I was basically their caretaker. Okay. From, I don't know, the moment that I could remember. Anyway. Yeah. And I was in that situation until I was about 10, and you, you read a little bit of my story, and that was an ongoing thing throughout my life and I remember I remember telling my mom one time that it was happening to me and she looked at me and she said well what am what am I supposed to do that's one of your dad's best customers one of his best drug customers oh wow and so I tried as best as I could to shield my younger siblings from it and took a lot of the brunt of all of that because I just felt like it was my job and I'm I'm glad that I did but sure so I had to grow up from a young age taking care of them going through a lot But, you know, what's interesting about it is when I was in it, that was normal. I felt that it wasn't. Right. But that was my normal. Yeah, you didn't know really any different Mm because, again, that was your um, almost your first experience with what life was like. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And I was surrounded by it. And so I just assumed that that's how it was supposed to be. But deep down, I knew something was off and I couldn't quite put my finger on it, which is why I ended up moving in with this other family member. And then that was when... I had gotten out of the situation yeah. was through that. And then shortly after that, my stepdad died. He was 31. He, he died of a drug overdose. Mm. And then my mom went to prison. The state had been involved. They knew oh, what was okay. going on. Yeah. My school counselors had been talking to them about my situation, unbeknownst to me, um, thankfully. Anyway, and that was kind of their final, final straw. And so what's interesting about the system, though, is that so at this time, when they, when my stepdad died and they finally got involved, I was living with my now adopted family. Okay. So I was living with them. They weren't certified to be foster care parents. They just took me in. And um, so when all of that went down, my younger siblings, who are not 
my full siblings. So I was the only one with my biological dad, my biological mom. My mm-hmm. stepdad was their father. So when he mm-hmm. died, the state put them in his mom's custody, but they wouldn't allow me to go with her because she oh, wasn't wow. blood relative. Yeah. It was really interesting. But all of my blood relatives or full blood relatives couldn't take me because of all of the issues that that were going on correct so so they came to my adopted family and they said if you want to keep her you have to be foster care certified or she'll go into the system and they didn't even hesitate thankfully they didn't even hesitate and so what a turn of events that would have been had they said well we can't Mm -hmm. do that or whatever it might have been but Mm -hmm. wow what a blessing right right and just the looking back now looking at how it all lined up i can very much see Heavenly Father's hand in it all, and it couldn't have worked out any better. Yeah. Wow. And again, I can't even imagine what you were going through. And again, even if you take, you know, the abuse part out of it mm-hmm. and just you being the the motherly parent to your siblings, mm-hmm. that alone's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Just that, just being that. Yeah. Did you ever feel pressure? Did it feel like it was overwhelming in that sense or? Yes, which is partially why I ended up moving out with this other family member. Okay. Um I I don't know. It it's hard to it's hard to explain. It just felt like, oh, maybe maybe this will be a better situation. And it was mm-hmm. for a minute. Yeah. And then it, it wasn't. And then it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, they take you in and you know, things are starting to change. You're mm-hmm. you're kind of free and safe from what was going on. Mm-hmm. But obviously I'm sure there was these lingering things that you're starting oh, yeah. to wrestle with. You, if you're okay, yeah. just maybe kind of talk about some of those challenges mm-hmm. moving forward, even though things you're now in a good environment, you know? Right. Um, looking back, I can see how, how troubled I was. My normal was not normal and I didn't quite understand that. So it was a lot of growing pains on both my adopted family's part and my part. They had to take a lot of foster care pro- uh, classes so they knew the process yeah. my sister was six months older than me she had oh, okay. four older brothers and then my dad and at that time in my brain men were not to be trusted so mm-hmm. I was terrified terrified of all of these men and my dad was wonderful he just really quiet you know just let me come to him when I needed when you were wanted to yeah and I to. watched him with my sister and I saw that relationship and that's what really won me over is because I'm I could actions speak louder than words and I could tell he's sure. just a good a good man but wow. um anyway a lot of therapy I did a lot of therapy thank goodness and <laughs> things really I really started to see what normal was and there's obviously a lot of trauma that I didn't quite understand yeah. um my Adopted parents still allowed my biological mom to be in my life. Okay. And a lot of my biological family because they they knew at the time um, I very much needed them. Yeah. Still, even sure. though it wasn't a great environment, they were still my family. Yeah. And so. Well, and you mentioned, so it, it was, was it your father that passed or your stepfather? That my passed? stepdad was the one that passed. My biological father Um wasn't really in the picture wasn't in the picture he'd only come around if he had a new girlfriend so not only did you not have your biological dad your your stepfather dies and then at the same time or at least around that your mom went to prison Mm -hmm. how long was she there um um, in prison a few years a few years yeah and again i mean talk about i mean as a kid Mm -hmm. dealing with all of this Mm -hmm. in those moments were you were you like 
And I'm, this might sound like a silly question, but mm. I'm going to ask it anyways. I mean, were you depressed? Were you sad? Were you, what was going through a mind of this, of a kid going through all this, watching the family kind of just almost falling apart? Oh, for sure. Very sad. I was angry. Yeah. I was really angry. Yeah. Um, I was on depression meds for a few years. Coping was so hard, mm-hmm. especially going to a different school. It it honestly felt like a completely different world. And I yeah. really had a hard time um, coping with that. And mm-hmm. I had a few um, bad counselors and it, it, w- it was a rough time for sure. But my, my family was so patient with me. Yeah. Thank goodness. Cause that yeah. was a, that was a big deal for them and oh, a lot of changes for, sure. for them. Yeah. Something I didn't recognize at first. Yeah. It affected everybody, obviously. Correct. Did, did, did you ever get caught up in drugs and alcohol as a way to cope? Cause I know a mm-hmm. lot of people who do go through something like that. Right. It almost is a hundred percent of the time they go yeah. that direction. Did right. you get caught up in any of that? No. Um, wow. So when I was younger, <laughs> my biological mom would, she would let me drink her wine coolers. Uh-huh. Um, right. She just, you want to taste. And, and so, so <laughs> I don't know. It was, it, it was normal part of my life. And then I went to this family that was complete opposite. They didn't do any of those things. You know, in our home, it was preached that we don't do those things. And I didn't because I had such a wonderful example of, of what I didn't want to be. Wow. I knew that that. I could see the difference between the two families. Oh, okay. And I could see what they were doing different. And so for me, it was never, it was never a temptation. Well, I love what you said right there. It's the power of example. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You had one example that was obviously not doing the things you probably shouldn't be doing, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then this other family, maybe obviously not perfect, but right. doing things in the right way. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I That's just what hit me when you said that. I'm like, man example really does matter Mm -hmm. right it does so how long i mean you're going through this you went through therapy Mm -hmm. and things like that i mean you know you 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 go to school you're in high school Mm -hmm. are you involved in high school are you like getting involved with like i don't know sports or cheerleading or what 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 was it like in high school for you um a little bit of basketball hoop yeah hey that's my that's my sport really that's awesome. oh yeah yeah i loved it it taught me a lot of <laughs> it taught me a lot of discipline i didn't do it throughout my entire high school um career i ended up not being a very great student i really struggled <laughs> with that because uh-huh. my foundation wasn't there when when i was in my biological family's home i either didn't go to school or when we did go to school, we were bouncing around to different schools. And so I really struggled because I didn't have that foundation. And so what I'd have to do is go back and relearn the basics so that I could build on that. Okay. And so it, school was so hard for me. I, I was so self-conscious in school. Yeah. And so I got to the points where I ended up doing packets to finish mm, to high finish school. To finish off, yeah. Yeah, because it, it felt easier. Yeah. Well, so... How long after, let's say, you know, you, you graduate from high school, mm-hmm. what was your life like after that? And then when did you end up meeting AJ? And mm-hmm. Let's talk about that a little okay, bit. Okay. So my senior year, <laughs> I ended up doing hair school and I met AJ. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was 17 and he was fresh off of mission. He was 21. And I remember, 
oh my gosh i thought he was the cutest thing in the world but then i found out his age and i was like oh geez <laughs> so i was like no it's you're not too old for me yeah right? pretty much so i i wrote it off and he, he's a sneaky little bugger but we ended up we ended up going out with some mutual friends um off-roading and i got stuck and he pulled me out and he ended up keeping my tow rope and then he found me on myspace Mm, back when myspace was yes around. Yeah. yeah it was the facebook and yeah and then <laughs> i remember it was so funny because i remember when i got stuck i thought to myself this is what you get for missing young women's yeah <laughs> if you hadn't missed young women's you wouldn't be in this position and just terrified to go tell my dad that i got his jeep stuck but anyway it it was it was wonderful and i'm so grateful for aj because i was still dealing with a lot of lingering trauma that i i yeah. didn't realize and sure he was such a pillar of strength for me and he just kept me Wow. On the straight and narrow and I'll forever be grateful to him for that because wow. it hasn't been easy. For sure. You know, and yeah. Yeah. Well, shout out to AJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some good men out there in yes. the world, right? Yes. And I get why in the beginning you didn't trust men. Why would you? Right. After what you've been through. Mm-hmm. But there's good men like AJ out there. And I'm. that's really cool that you shared that. That, mm-hmm. you know, chokes me up too. <laughs> um, that's really neat. You know, um, you know, I'm really big about belief systems because our beliefs dictate the tip, you know, the way we behave. And, Correct. you know, you probably form some belief systems about yourself going through all of this. Mm-hmm. What were some negative beliefs that you had about yourself going through all of this? A big one was that I was unlovable and mm. that had been my brain had picked up on that as being true because there are so many times that, um, I've learned later that it stems from abandonment trauma. Yeah, for sure. And um, I very much, I would push people away, push them as far as I could just to see if if they were going to stay and if they were going to love me. So it was it's a it was a negative pattern that I did for a long time. And I didn't even realize it until my therapist had brought it up and he's like this is you have abandonment trauma and this is why that is. Um and so I just felt on a subconscious level that I was obviously something was wrong with me because I was unlovable and that everyone's just going to eventually abandon me. Yeah. You know, I work with a lot of clients who, you know, it's drug addiction Mm -hmm. or they've got some mental health issue that they're dealing with. And the number one, I've been doing this for 32 years, the number one irrational negative belief that people buy into is I'm not good enough. Right. You know, which is a part of unlovable, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. something's wrong with me because of what happened to me, that yep. kind of thing. And, and I'll tell you, that is the one that keeps people stuck the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want, is there something else there um, you want to share on that? But I think what you said is, I think everyone listening to this on some level can go, I get it. Cause I've been there too, where I just do not feel good enough. Right. You know? And I love what you said because it is a belief system. It's a story that we tell ourselves and our brains are so smart and it will look for that evidence Yeah. and it will tell you that you're correct. Yep. And you're will. not. You're not. Yeah. yeah. So how did you fight through that? How did you, I mean, obviously I know you did therapy and stuff, yeah. but maybe just talk in general, like what do you do? Like even today, uh-huh. what are some things you do, uh, Lacey, that kind of keeps you going, no, that's not me. This is the real me. It is a constant battle. It's a daily battle. And mm-hmm. if I'm being honest... Um, I didn't even realize I was struggling so much with it until about a year ago. I hit rock bottom. My trauma, had, I had been shoving it under the rug for the longest time and I had no mm-hmm. idea. And then I hit rock bottom. I finally went to see another therapist and he told me, 
it was kind of a miracle because he ended up being he used to be the head um therapist of the foster care system and it just landed in his lap essentially and he told me he said you've done a lot of work but you still have a lot of trauma that has not been taken care of and he's like we're gonna fix that and so he really helped open my eyes to what was going on because knowledge is not or education and all or education is knowledge and if you have knowledge then you can you have somewhere to go you have a direction to go and so once I figured that out I really just put my head down and and looked for all of the things that I could I could fix with that um right sorry what was the question again well I I was just wondering I was just wondering how you dealt with that and you know and how because those beliefs run deep because it started when you were a kid you don't know any different Right. So you just believe it and then you walk around believing it and then one day as you go through this and you see things differently, you're going, man, I've still got to fight that belief because on some level I still feel unlovable. Mm-hmm. So how did you combat that and, you know, and how do you challenge that, uh, you know, on a daily basis kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So I, I've taken some coaching from a coach and she's been the catalyst for me, I feel, to change those stories and those beliefs in my head right and like i said it's a daily battle where i have to it's called a thought model but essentially every day i journal out and it's what are my thoughts and then i have to work through those yeah and it has been it has been it's been life-changing and just just reaching this higher self of where i feel that heavenly father wants me and breaking out of this these walls that i put up you know um, so, so I, I journal every day, um, and there's something that I actually mentor, Okay. um, as a, yeah. in a group called Anya and something that we do every day is called mommy and this can be applied to anybody. It's just okay. the acronym that we use. So okay. we meet with God, um, and it's spelled M O M M Y meet with God. Um, O is opportunity for growth, like a book or podcast right um m is moment of stillness or meditation slash prayer okay the other m is movement so exercise or walking and then y is yourself showering mine is hitting up swig <laughs> yeah um, you and my wife get along really well oh, really? she loves swig oh man she we we, we she'd go every night if we oh, you know, could. oh, oh yeah they yeah. know my name <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's so funny. So we live close to a, another restaurant mm-hmm. and she would always go down there to get a diet Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. And they got to the point where they, like, they recognize her voice in, you know, like, hey, oh, what, can we, what would you like to order? Com- and they yeah. can't see you yet, but right. they would recognize, oh, is this Bonnie? You know, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah, they know. They know yeah. me. And I've even tried switching between my two <laughs> locations. Both of them know me now. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, that's that's neat. So do those one more time. So uh, mommy stands for meet with God. Meet with God. Opportunity. For growth. For growth. And then movement or stillness or prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, or sorry, sorry. moment. Yeah, right? moment of stillness sorry. or and then, meditation. And then movement, which is physical activity, right? Mm-hmm. And then do something for yourself. Correct. Love that. And it could be... I think sometimes we tend to overcomplicate it. It be, could be something simple, like yeah. go sit in your car for just five minutes yeah, and right. listen to some music. And so you mentor people in this area and yes. do that. Very and, cool. And it's hard as a mom to get it, but just even a few minutes. And that's one thing that we preach. It doesn't have to be yeah. overcomplicated. It's just simple. I love that. Simplicity is power. Yes. I think we as humans 
always try to overcomplicate everything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You know? So, wow. Um, I love that you do that. And again, think about, do you feel like, even though you went through all this hard stuff, mm-hmm. that it helps you become a better mentor for other people? Yes. Um, this is one thing I think of, and I had to change my thought process on this or my perspective is that life isn't happening to you. It's happening for you. You're speaking my language. (laughs) I love this. Yes. And essentially I used to run half marathons and I Mm -hmm. remember one of the things, why would you do that? People (laughs) would ask me all the time and I'm like, I don't know. I'm wondering the same thing. But then I realized it was, it was the person that I became through that process, through the determination and the grit and everything that you have to push through and essentially in my brain that's what we agreed to when we came to earth yeah it's almost like this is this is school the school of life and we agree to all of these trials so that we can become the person that heavenly father wants us to become and i also feel that our trials aren't always for us but they're for other people yeah I love that. Yeah. And I love the life happens for me mm-hmm. because the other way life happens to me, that is a victim mentality, yes. right? And and granted, when you were going through the abuse, mm-hmm. you were the victim yeah. in the moment, mm-hmm. obviously. And luckily you see past that going, no, I, I don't need to be that anymore. Yeah. It happened to me, but it's not who I am today. Right. Is that accurate? Yes. How you kind of look yeah. at it? Well, and yeah. I feel too that when I, if I continue to stay in that victim mentality, then I lose my power. Yeah. But when I take it back and I say, no, I'm a survivor, then I take my power back. Survivor. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like I was saying with, you know, n- understanding or knowing why the, why maybe you do certain things. That was my biggest thing is understanding why Yeah. was because of that trauma. It doesn't give me a justification or an excuse to continue the behavior. Exactly. It gives me power because yeah. I, I understand it. Yeah. So I love this. You're, this is incredible. Um, I got to, I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. You're ve- you're really vulnerable, mm-hmm. and is that an accurate s- statement? Yes. Because, and and I'm going off your posts on Instagram and the things that you say. Mm-hmm. You, you're not just posting some. <laughs> hey, like, in times you have fun with yeah, it. Don't get me right. wrong. And you're and I love how you're really creative too. Uh, but your posts and the things you say and in, in your words are very vulnerable. Why is vulnerability so important for you? Because I want someone to have a lifeline, in their deepest darkest despair moments i don't know how to describe it because mm-hmm. when i was in those moments let me give you an example yeah mary please. magdalene yeah from the scriptures mm-hmm. she when i hit rock bottom she was that person for me okay and i love that she was relatable because it wasn't that she's was just this amazing or she was amazing but she wasn't this perfect person yeah. she went through a lot of stuff and i grasped onto her so hard and i realized that she became a new per, a new creature through Christ. Yeah. And if she can do that, then I can do that. And so that's where I come from. It is hard to be vulnerable, you know, and to talk about these things. I always, I more or less worry about the people that read them. I would hate to be a trigger for anybody. Yeah. But on the same token, I'm like, who out there needs this? Yeah. And I'm willing to be that because I didn't sure. go through these things just for me. I went through these things for other people. Yeah. Well, I think that's what makes you so relatable. Mm. You know, people see, you know, you're not afraid to share what you've no. been through, obviously. And I think people actually really appreciate that. I don't I don't even think it could be a trigger because I think ultimately they go, wow, look at what she's been through and the way she talks about it. Because, mm-hmm. again, you do it in a very loving, compassionate way. Thank you. And, you know, I always say this, the amount of vulnerability we're w- willing to express 
will be equal to the happiness we experience in life. I love that. And I see that just with what you do. Yeah. And just, you, you really are a very happy person mm-hmm. despite all mm-hmm. this challenge that you've been through. My ne- The next thing I want to ask you is, obviously faith is a big yes. thing in your life and it's very important to you. Mm-hmm. Talk about that and how that's shaped you and, and what that helps you with moving forward. Um, it gives me It gives me an answer. More or less, I would say not only that, but it gives me something to hold on to because I look at it at, from a bigger picture Yeah. and how I can see that, like I said before, that life is happening for me and not just to me. There's a purpose for this. Yeah. You know, and not only that, that, but I have that contrast of not having it growing up and not having it and then having it. And I feel like my eyes have been open um, and I feel... I know that I can heal from it because of him. Yeah. Sorry, I hope that answered your question. No, it does. I mean, no, and again, I know that's a tough question, mm-hmm. you know, f- you know, talking about faith and how that plays a part and a role in your life and but obviously I know it means a lot to you. Yes. And uh did you have any of that when you were growing up? Um any faith, you know, teachings or anything like that as you were growing up? Nothing. So when did that come into your life? Like when when did you like discover like, man, this, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have a connection with God now. Mm-hmm. Like when did that happen? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, that. not at all. It was it was when I went into foster care. That's when it happened. Yeah, because okay. I, re- I remember the specific moment that my mom had threatened to take me to a group home. Mm. Um, and I remember laying on my bed and I don't I don't know where I had any previous knowledge or where my knowledge of God came from but I remember looking at my ceiling and saying why God why am I going through this and I was maybe eight or nine but my family wasn't religious I didn't really understand that at all but then when when I was 10 I went into foster care and I I found God through them and I saw like I said before I saw how they were I'm like this is what makes them different Mm. this is what I want and then the more that I learned about it, the more I realized that I am happier and I am a better person. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want. I want something that's going to make me want to be better. Yeah. I love that. Again, one of those differences that you noticed. Yeah. The contrast. The contrast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I got that contrast, which is why I feel that it, Yeah. I'm so set in it. So um, how has all of this helped you be a mom? You have three beautiful girls. How has this helped you in in being a better mom and Mm -hmm. being a mom in general? I want, I try very much to be the mom that I wanted or needed. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I don't fail because I fail constantly. Um, I was terrified for a long time to have kids. Just wondering if, yeah, if these, this, you know, these traumas would transfer to my children. And I absolutely didn't want that. And I'm not perfect. Some days I'm a good mom and some days I'm a bad mom, but I try really hard. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly trying to look for resources to make me better or to learn to be better because this is what I needed and I want to be for them what I didn't have. Yeah. Wow. They're lucky to have you. Thank you. Yeah. Your girls, they're <laughs> the cutest things. <laughs> Thank man. you. They're, they're so real, fun. Yeah, I bet they are. Um, so you're a mentor. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're you an advocate. You are a certified personal trainer. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you, you support some, you know, you're an, you're an ambassador for some activewear. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing a lot of things. Yeah. What are your plans and what do you want to, where do you see yourself? I mean, obviously you're a mom and that's probably first and foremost, mm-hmm. but do you have some plans that you want to do? Like, is there some things you want to do with what you've been through and maybe grow with what you're already doing with your mentoring or anything like that? For sure. Growing with the mentoring, just trying to be a tool as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And just one, to spread kindness. And yeah. then two, um, one of my favorite quotes, let me find it. Yeah. Let's hear it. Victor Frankel, mm. the great Jewish psychologist that survived the concentration camps in World War II, he described laughter as one of the soul's weapons in the fight to preserve hope and life. The mm. ability to laugh pulls you out of the moment and proves that I know this isn't all that there is, and I know there's something better, and I have something to laugh about despite my tears. Dang. So I love that. And so I try, yeah. I'm going to continue to try and bring light and hope and yeah. lift the hands that hang down. Yeah. You do seem like you have a lot of fun. Yes. I have right? a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a beautiful quote. And Victor Frankl understanding what that guy went through right? and to be able to say that. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I say this a lot to my clients that adversity is the wake up call to your greatness. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And think about the adversity you've been through, but it's mm-hmm. woke you up to your greatness. Mm-hmm. Look what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really are a miracle. Thank you. If you really think about what you've been through, I always just, you know, one of my heroes in my life, and you may have heard of her, her name's J.C. Dugard. Does Sounds that ring familiar. a bell? Anyway, she has a similar story to you, but mm-hmm. she was kidnapped when she was 11 and then, and then raped and tortured in a shed for 18 years. Oh my goodness. But yet... Because of that, she now has this nonprofit foundation that helps battered women and abused women all over the world, millions of them. Wow. And had she not been through that, she wouldn't be in a position to do what she's doing. I agree. She wouldn't wish that on anybody Mm-mm. or herself again, Mm-mm. just like you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But yet, had she not gone through it, she wouldn't have been able to do what she's doing. So right. it goes back to what you said earlier, mm-hmm. life happens for you. Yes. Right? Yes. So can you see how this has all kind of happened yes. for you? I tell my tell people all the time, I wouldn't change it. If I had the chance to go back, I wouldn't change any of it. I am so grateful for it. And it has been such a blessing. Wow. Yeah. It it took me a long time Mm -hmm. to get to that point, but it's been such a blessing. That's amazing. Yeah. So what does a day look like for you, Lacey? Like, what do you do to kind of keep yourself grounded, Mm -hmm. keep yourself centered? Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're busy being a mom, and that takes up most of your time, I'm sure, and then Mm -hmm. everything else you're doing. But what do you do for, like, self-care? Okay, so that's a really good question. A lot of it's that mommy that I talked a lot about. Yeah. Um, I always start my day with Heavenly Father. Okay. And reading scriptures. And then exercise. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those are big ones. Meditation is another one. And then just having fun looking for the joy <laughs> looking for the joy in the daily moments and i always think everything's an adventure if something right. goes wrong it's just another adventure yeah so yeah and then obviously spending time with your family of course and things like, of course yes right? yeah yeah and we're pretty active we do a lot of things yeah <laughs> yeah that's neat um what are some of the things you guys do as a family that, are, that uh, you love doing we do a lot of outdoors things we do jeeping Okay. A lot of... Um, when you say jeeping, are you like going up rocks and stuff rocks like that? Rocks or overlanding. Yeah. That stuff scares me. I know. <laughs> I, I grew up doing it. I That's how I started driving. 14 was off-road. My dad had introduced me to that. Oh, and really? So, You've yeah. been hooked ever since on v- that? Very much. Yeah. And then, 
AJ and I, that's how I we met. It. And so it's very much part of our family. So we do a lot of outdoors things and um, hiking, just being in nature. I feel yeah. my soul just loves it. So we're out, we're out a lot. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. Well, um, do you have, you know, future plans with like, I know you're, 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 you're an advocate and a mentor for mental health. Is mm -hmm. there something specifically in that area other than the mentoring that you want to maybe build on or do, or, you know, have you ever thought past that or is that just kind of where you're at right now? I have eventually I want to write a memoir mm. of my life. I, I have to get past the story in my head that I don't have anything to offer. Cause my, I, like I said, I have to fight that every day. My brain really likes to tell me but that. But isn't that funny? Because the stuff you offer, like, like I said, just what you put on your social mm -hmm. media, it's not just random stuff. Yeah. It is powerful stuff. Thank you. I mean, are you kidding me? You have so much to offer. Like you literally could take all your posts, mm -hmm. put it in a book mm -hmm. and sell that thing. Yeah. And people would buy it because it's so powerful. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That gives me some validation. It's definitely yeah. on my my to-do list. Well, I'm going to challenge you to Kay. write a memoir, a book. Okay. You know, I heard this once and I've done it as well. I've written a book wow. of my story uh -huh. and I'll never forget. I've, I was asked, do you want to leave a legacy? And I'm like, well, who doesn't, right? Yeah. I want to leave a legacy. Right. And then the, the this guy asked me, well, how do you do that? I'm like, well, you do good things. You're a mm -hmm. good person. You mm -hmm. try to treat people nicely. And this. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's all good, but that doesn't leave a legacy. Interesting. He says, what leaves a legacy is if you write your story down. And I went, I never thought of it that way. He goes, me neither. So a hundred years from now, yeah. when you and I are gone, mm -hmm. someone's reading your book and your story, Lacey, and they're going, it's changing their life. And we're not even here. Mm -hmm. That's how you leave a legacy. I love that. Yeah. So I'm going to challenge you to do that okay because if i can do it anyone can <laughs> okay. i didn't even read a book until after i was out of college really <laughs> i'm awesome. not kidding you you know so mm -hmm. if i can figure this out so can you okay you know anyway i think you should i'll do it <laughs> just because you asked me to i'll do it yeah push you to do that yeah. but uh um anything else that you'd like to add or share before we wrap things up anything yeah actually please yeah because you challenged me. I want to challenge the listeners. Oh, yeah. Let's hear this. Okay. So my challenge is to be willing to fail in showing up in your life. Mm. Learn to become good at something by first being very bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> love people who don't even like you. Mm. Be open to learning. Love yourself no matter what. And take full responsibility for all of your results. But also have compassion for yourself in that process. Whoa. I love that. That's a beautiful challenge. Mm -hmm. There you go, folks. Take the challenge. I will as well. I think that's beautiful. You know, one of the questions I want to ask you is um, if there's someone listening to you right now, Lacey, who's in a dark place, mm -hmm. maybe they're going through some of the same things you've been through, what could you tell them right now that may help them? You've already given some great advice already, but is there something that stands out that maybe you could share? Oh, that's a really, really good question. And I wasn't prepared for that at all. I know. And I, you know, because again, you've already given some great advice. Mm -hmm. for, and, and even in your challenge is a beautiful thing for us to do that would help anybody. Mm -hmm. But there's, I promise you, there's someone listening to this right now that's just in a dark spot. Yeah. And they're not sure what to do. You know, and you've been there and you've done that. And 
Is there something that maybe you could share that would be helpful to them? First off, I want them to know that they have value, regardless of any actions they've taken, any missteps or mistakes. They have value because they're them. Mm. And they... We have so much influence over those around us. We don't even realize that you can walk into a room and your light shines so brightly, even if you don't think it does. Yeah. And we, people need you. We need each other and we need to hear each other's stories. Yeah. Um, The other thing I would add is I know it might feel impossible and I want you to sit with that and ask Mm -hmm. yourself, um, but what if it could be possible? Hmm whatever it may be, be willing to sit with the uncertain uncertainty or the, I don't know how, and then grow your capacity for belief. You do it over and over and over again. And this is what I was talking about earlier, where I have to fight this every day. Yeah. Um, be willing to sit in the discomfort of that impossible and be willing to ask yourself how actually this might be possible for you. Be willing to innovate, be willing to fail. And then, we create possibility. We create possibility with our mm-hmm. beliefs. And I think of yeah. people like Edison. Yeah. I mean, how does, he had no, no, no training in anything. No, no evidence of it Yeah. working or being something, but he had, he had that belief and that, and it changed everything. And yeah. anybody who is an innovator, they all have that one thing in common is, mm-hmm. is the belief, even if there's not evidence. So, I would say even if you don't have the evidence of it being different or whatever it may be that you're struggling with, you need to have the belief because it's there. It's there within you. You have you yeah. have that capacity. Wow. I love that. So. That's beautiful advice. Thank you. Seriously. Um, I sometimes do this with my uh, guests. Um, okay. Do you mind reading that quote up there out loud? Not at all. The most delightful surprise in life is to suddenly recognize there's nothing wrong with you. I love that. Yeah. And I sit there and I'm sitting here with you, Lacey, despite what you've been through. There's nothing wrong with you. I know. And I know you know this ultimately. That's what mm-hmm. you've been working on. Mm-hmm. But so many people who have been through what you've been through, they, they again, like you said, I'm unlovable. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. I mm-hmm. can't do it. I'll never be enough. And boy, that is a hard place to be because it's so depressing. Yeah. And, and at times don't want to be here kind of thing. Yes. But I think that's the message I'm hearing this as I sit there and listen to you speak. I'm just going, you've, what you've realized is despite all that, you're okay mm-hmm. <laughs> at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's such a beautiful thing. I love how you just broke it down. Yeah. Cause I tend to overcomplicate. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Pretty simple. And mm-hmm. I, and that's one thing I've learned too is simplicity is power. Like yes. you mentioned earlier as well. But, uh, Wow. I mean, you're amazing. Um, I'm so grateful that you were willing to take some time to be on my show today. Thank you. We're going to touch a lot of people, hundreds of thousands. Honestly, that blows my mind. I love what you're doing. Oh, thank I you. love what you're doing. So thank, thank you. you. No, thank you. And well, and again, what's people always ask, why is it so successful? And I mm-hmm. say, because I don't make it about me. Mm-hmm. It's about you. It's your story. That. Yeah. It's, it's, this is you. Mm-hmm. I want people to know you. Mm-hmm. And I try to chime in from time to time. <laughs> you do great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. If someone wants to reach out to yeah. you and they want to get to know you better or mm-hmm. they want to ask you a question or even follow some of the stuff that you do, mm-hmm. what's the best way for someone to do that? Social media for sure. Okay. Um, Instagram is primarily where I'm at. Okay. It. Do you want me to throw yeah, my hand please. out? Yeah, please. It's at the dot Lacey, L-A-C-E-Y dot Marie, M-A-R-I-E. 
Yes. Yeah. And they can okay. find me there. Find you there. Best place. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I, I discovered you on there and I was blown away. Okay. I was like, who is this woman? <laughs> and just, again, I always, I'm, you know, when I see your story, Lacey, mm-hmm. I, it, it reminds me how powerful the human spirit is. Yeah. Like we're not, we're not these weak, hopeless spirits that can't do things we are powerful despite going through horrible things you know and you're living proof Mm -hmm. of that and man i i wish you the best of luck with everything you're doing i can't wait to share this with my audience and to get people to know you better Mm -hmm. and to inspire them and and i really do believe it's going to save someone's life i really do I am so grateful for this opportunity. Yeah. Thank you. No, it's so good. I'm glad we finally connected like this. And uh, anything I can do in the future for you, if you, uh, when you're ready to promote your book, we'll have you back on the show. That sounds good. (laughs) No pressure. I got to get working. (laughs) No, I'm sure you'll do great Mm -hmm. with whatever you end up deciding to do. And thanks for being a light in this world because it shines bright. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Well, there you go. Lacey Swenson, guys, please uh, check her out on her uh, Instagram. I will put uh, that link in the show notes so you'll be able to just link right to it once we go live. Um, I always like to say, if you have someone who's struggling, uh, send them a link to this episode and it kind of breaks the ice and it'll give you some good talking points to bring up after they've listened to it. So please share this with as many people as you possibly can. Subscribe, like, share, write a review. All those things are very helpful. And again, thanks to my sponsors. This wouldn't be possible without you. Again, Lacey, you're amazing. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. Thank you.